tabletop twats. So this episode we have got a special guest on board. Whoa, special guest! Everyone, round of applause. He's cheering himself. Uh, this is James Clark. He is a member of our RPG group. That's right. Say hello, James. Hello, this is James Clark. <laughs> Good. Very professional. <laughs> you won't last long here, mate. Uh. So, James, you've been playing RPGs with me since the very early days when we were yep. 15 playing fucking the D&D board game. Oh, so it was you two? It was me, was me him game. and my brother. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so Peter as well. He's been right there. And James also suffered for all of my really early D&D campaigns. That I, I enjoyed them. Yeah, I know. So suffered like it was. They were like, fucking abysmal, man. <laughs> <laughs> In comparison to what we're doing nowadays, it's embarrassing. Got to start somewhere though. But we've got features coming out the fucking anus. We've got creatures. We've got an intro, which we've just done. I just read that off the list. So, um, But we've got what we've been slaying. We've got a competition this time, which oh, is fucking yeah, amazing. exciting. Really good one. We've got the main subject, which this week is Pathfinder. And then we've got challenges and fireside tales. And then we've got questions. Electronic letters. Electronic letters from the listeners. Which has been, uh, again, brilliant. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? Um, the first thing is what we've been slaying. Well, James, on this segment, we talk about what we've been playing this week. As I say every week, it's a clever pun. It is. Uh, so, yeah, I'll tell you what we've all been slaying. So we lost two part, two members of the extras, didn't we? Um, yeah, one of them died under sort of tragic but uh, mysterious <laughs> circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell them, Came James? out of nowhere. Do you want to tell them what? Okay, so... <laughs> Harrison's character Sarah she's we haven't Scottish. spoken about Sarah she's a Scottish lady and she's, she's really yeah. aggressive and like this week she whereas one of the characters Ernest he, he was a Cub Scout leader but now he's been deeply affected by all the shit that's happened and that's changed him kind of for the better, where he's... Well, he know, found a leather jacket. That was almost like a turning point. He's having him, like a midlife crisis yeah. within a zombie... Which is at the perfect time, really. Whereas my character's been affected by, by what's happened. But my character's changed in that she's embraced the your world. Your character's scary, mate. She's, <laughs> gone, she's gone, like, fully Mad Max on this shit. Yeah, your character's... She's... Oh, mate, she's... A bit I mean the mask. What's, do, you, do you want to let them? Do you want to tell them about well, the mask? Yeah, I, I, got, I had some duct tape, so I wanted to make her make her look scary to like intimidate people. So I, I got the duct tape in the game and wrapped it around my head. And now whenever I meet people, I sort of like poke my tongue out of this like duct tape gimp mask. And yeah, yeah. So anyway, so what did Sarah do? For the greater good of well, the group. Well, no, I, it was just that there was there was some zombies in the way, and I dealt with it in an efficient manner. That's, that's all that needs to be said. Yeah, efficient manner. Being it was very efficient. Pushing an eight-year-old off a balcony to be eaten by the zombies efficient. Well, well uh, yes, but, no, but... You say push. It was more of a chuck. It was a, it was a throw. <laughs> a lob. She picked him up <laughs> and, and threw him in front of everybody. Perfectly into the arms of the zomboids. I will say this, though. Uh, and then cocked a shotgun and said, if anyone don't like it... Can I just, <laughs> can I just, say, can I just say one thing in the defence of that character, though? She is good. Did everyone get past unhurt? Apart from the kids. Actually, if you want to start with that, as in dead. Then no. You can't make an omelette without killing a few kids. I've not heard that version before. Fia, as in that I'm Alan Rickman, and when I'm not a galaxy, I'm 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 a galaxy, I'
Tabletop Twats hallgatok. This week you've bought a new Savage Worlds product. I have, yeah. It came uh, it came pretty quick, actually, considering it came from America, I think. Um, so I'm pretty happy with that. Come in a little nice plastic case. It's what is from, it? It is the can't mutation. You can't thing. even open it. I, yeah, well, it's that good. Um, <laughs> it's that good. It's the, uh, it's the mutation deck from Just Insert Imagination. It's, uh, well, it's a deck of cards, essentially, um, but it's with a little bit extra. It's got very large um, uh, clubs. Uh, it's, uh, what's it called? Suits on the front, so it's easy to see why you're dishing them out for um, initiative in Savage Worlds. And also, it's got the added bonus. Well, have a look. Take some. Grab, grab a cup. See what you think. So, on the ones James? I've just grabbed... What have you got there? I'm going to give you a different a bunch of different ones. So, as far as I know, you've got. these are like little gameplay rules, and you, you can add these in however you want. So, it could be that you actually become mutated, and then it changes something. But on here, for instance... I've got Claire Audience. You can occasionally hear things from a remote location as if standing there. So, like, it could be, these could even be used for, like, sanity loss. Mm-hmm. Or you could use it if you're mutated. Like, suddenly, this weird shit... Radiation uh, leak it gets a load of people. And, yeah, before you know it, they've, grow, they've started to uh, grow an extra leg and things like that, yeah. And then underneath, it's got, like, the advantage and disadvantage of this particular trait. Yeah. So what, what have you guys got? I've, I've got... Um, <clears throat> I've got three in my hand. One of them is called Cold Affinity, another Dark Adaption, and Earthlink. Nice. They sound pretty cool, like the. Well, I quite like the creativity of these. Like, so there's some that are like really fucking weird. Like, yeah, I've got one here. Sonic Conduit. You unconsciously emit a faint, repetitive sound, such as a humming or whistling. <laughs> so, imagine <laughs> this, the thing is, I, I like shit like that because you have to role play it. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Imagine if you were if were having to go through the game and you going, suffer. Yeah, and you suffer. <laughs> so the disadvantage is that you suffer a penalty to stealth rolls early. So you're like, guys, we've got to be really quiet. You just hear. Fuck. But the advantage is you gain echolocation, allowing you to accurately pinpoint oh, so you be awesome. corporeal creatures you within there. 12 inches, ignore all visible penalties within this range. So, alright, you hum all the time. You, you can, can see there. everything. You can there and go <laughs> like a bat. <laughs> and then and we're like, or, or you could just sit hiding, humming, and then the, the, like the enemy would be like, I can hear a humming noise, but you with the sonar, you can like, I can, I can see yeah, a couple you guys. Just, you, you, yeah, you could just avoid them. Okay. It's great. It's a really nice product. Um, I like how uh, the cards sort of have a rustic look. They, look, yeah. they, they have a, a built-in worn, worn, isn't it? worn look. It reminds me like the artwork as well a lot of Fallout, which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're properly nice. Time awareness. You have an innate awareness of the passage of time. <laughs> Really cool. So anyway, yes, yeah, so that's a mutation deck. Um, that would cost $15, which is less than, uh, what's that, about 12 quid? We've, we've touched on how they could add a lot of comedy, but I think also it could add like a lot of like really quite dark things to the game as well. Yeah, like, I, I think, think, so, I think yeah. it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Really cool product. There's a lot of versatility. I'm loving it. I'm really pleased with it. the end there, you just slam the deck of cards down on the desk. That's going to be nice for the people listening. Oh, God, boom. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, so next up, we've got a competition. Oh, yeah, this is pretty fucking It's cool. fucking exciting. I'm yeah. going to play the jingle now, and I just want to point out to everyone listening, I'm not proud of this jingle. It's <laughs> fucking awful. So, sorry. Uh, it's a competition. So, the competition, the first Tabletop Twats competition, the prize here it's is... It's pretty fucking cool. It's amazing. Honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's upsetting So, me. first up, we, we it's a multi-part prize. We basically put together the ultimate starter kit for role-playing. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that we've got, and the biggest thing, is the Dungeons & Dragons red box. And this is worth about 35 to 40 quid. This is a big deal, right? 
We've got it in front of us right now. Yeah, we're going to get an opening, and I'm going to just... Uh, you guys can just describe the, the contents. I've well, heard a lot about well, this. Firstly, the box, pretty good nick. And it is red, like it says in the red yeah. box. These, uh, what you've got there, James, those are action uh, cards. These are pretty cool, because what, they, what they're for is your powers that you have for your character in uh, D&D. Instead of having them written down on your sheet, you've got the full description on the cards. So oh, you nice. have your cards oh, okay, there. yeah. And then you've got this, which is pretty sick. Battle map. Oh, yeah. Battle, okay. battle map. The battle map is awesome. It's really, really oh, wow. detailed. It's got two... It's um, huge. It's fucking it's massive. A2, isn't it? Yeah, A2. Wow, so you've got a dungeon by the looks of it. Or some kind of indoor. No, that yeah, that is a dungeon. It's got um, a dungeon which you could use for multiple stuff. And, and on the other like, side, yeah. Got and that. then on the other side, we got. Oh right, so it's like we're outside. There's like a river a, running yeah. through. We've got some. What looks like some a cave maybe or something or some campfires down there. Yeah. Oh man, it's like a your typical fantasy kind of landscapes. Really, it's really good, good detail image it? as well. And how old is this? This is about 10 years old, I think. Wow, okay. I might be wrong there. That's pretty but, awesome. Um, so you, you've got the Dungeon Master and Player's Books as well, which are condensed versions of the rules for newbies. And they're really, really nice, full-coloured books. Yeah, um, they're pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They um, seem to have quite a lot of content. It's got a little um, quick information on the back as well, one of them, how to read a power card, oh. keywords. Yeah, the, those rules actually, for, for getting started quickly, they're really, really decent and very, very detailed. And then it actually comes with some pre-printed character sheets. Oh, which are, they gen- look really nice. They, they are genuinely like actually proper nice character nice sheets. Nice thick paper as well. They, yeah. seem, they seem to be quite, yeah, really well laid out. Yeah, they're, they're, oh, they're, they're a bit more intuitive yeah. than the ones for the main game. So single-sided, Yeah. so you've got loads of space on the back. And then the last thing, you've got these. Wow, loads of tokens. Yeah, so there's, there's fuckloads. Shed loads of tokens. They represent different monsters. They're oh, also so they're counters for monster counters and stuff. And heroes as well. Nice. They're, they're also double-sided. So oh, they remind me of two different things. You know what they remind me of? Pogs. Oh, I was uh, going to say that. Uh, now you're showing your age, boys. But they, they, they're quite hard-wearing for what they are. Butt sex. And so that's everything that comes <laughs> in that box. But we wouldn't just want... Why did you have to say that? We <laughs> yeah. wouldn't just be satisfied with you simply having to... These, oh, no, no, no. These minis. Um, the flats want to give you more. These little counters in here. So we're giving you also this, Nick. Describe what you see. Okay, in front of me I have a very highly detailed, lovely little knight. Mini. Yeah, the ones we tend to use in our games cost between about what one pound fifty to two quid, right? Yeah. This yeah. one is a six pound mini. Yeah. And it's, oh, nice. it's really really nice. Um, it's lovely. So it's, it's unpainted. So you can paint it if yeah. you want. It's really nice. Really high quality. That is. But that can great. be used for uh, the reason I picked it is you could use that for a multitude of characters. You could use it as a cleric, a knight, a fighter. Yeah. You could use it as a warlord or. Um, and it's, it's a female decent or female. little mini, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's so, a decent little mini. Nice, very nice. Well, and uh, the last prize that we're giving away for the ultimate starter kit is ultimate starter kit. Well, yeah, as you guys know already from the previous podcast, how I feel about my dice. So it does pain me to do this, but it is for the greater good because we do want to get everybody RPG. So we want to give a decent prize away. So I am going to give out from my own personal collection. No way. Yeah. Oh, they're you... nice. They're really nice. Ones. <laughs> they're like well, one of your best sets I know. of dice, man. I know. Weren't they like one of your first sets? Uh, yeah, I think they might be. Yeah, I got these in red and I got them in blue, didn't I? These is one. Actually, these are actually ones from the what a set from the drunken drunken buying rampages. So yeah, so. They got a bit of uh, a bit of meaning to oh, as well. Man. So yeah, but I want to give away. So one. Can 
I no. have a look at guys? Win no. Stuff? no, you can't enter, I'm afraid. You're a guest on the podcast, man. Yeah, but I'm also a listener. Now it's time for the final battle. Magic Missile! So you get the Dungeons and Dragons starter box set, you get a very high quality miniature and an unbelievably high quality set of dice. That's everything you need. As a listener of the show, you're going to get first dibs on these prizes. We are going to post about the competition, but we're going to do it later. Mm-hmm. And the way to win the prize is to go to this website address. You go to tinyurl.com forward slash tttcomp. That's tinyurl.com forward slash tttcomp. Yes. Oh. And so you go there and you will see a picture that I made of a dinosaur knight and what you've got to do is colour that in as best you can you can do it on a computer or you can print it out and do it with your crayons any way you want and send us your colouring in to tabletoptwats at gmail.com mm-hmm. or on Facebook yep. and the winner or, or G plus yeah anywhere or Twitter or Twitter we could even say that the, uh, the drawing is the mini with his helmet off yeah, maybe. But yeah, basically, <laughs> do that. Send us your drawing, and we will, you know, we we'll pick the best one. Be in contact, and we we'll send out this amazing prize. So, when does this competition end? The competition ends. The competition. Yes. When that will end in two weeks' time. So you've got two weeks to get your entries in. Two weeks. And bear in mind, we will look on your entry favourably if it is a creative and b original. Game. Um, it seems quite funny actually that we're actually going to give away Dungeons and Dragons, and I've still yet to play the fucking game. <laughs> Mate. Subject. Main. Subject. <coughs> Sorry. Pathfinder. Main subject. The reason we chose that is because it's James and I's favourite game. Yep. It's our favourite 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 uh, platform. And we wanted to have James on specifically to speak about this. And I have got a bunch of shit for us to talk about today. So James, in a nutshell, describe what Pathfinder is as a game. Right, so Pathfinder, yeah, like a, uh, it is like a fantasy setting. Um, it's based on a D twenty system, and it incorporates all seven, I think, of the basic set of uh, what are these poly polyhedral dice? Hold yeah, it fun. does. You use all the full set of dice. That's nice. You like that when you get to use all your dice. Basically, yeah. the the game how it works at its most basic level is it's all about. Um, DC checks. So, what that is is that the DM will determine the difficulty of a certain action, and you'll roll a D twenty to um, succeed in that action. And when you roll the D twenty, you'll get a plus or minus on it depending on your skill in that action. And essentially, that's that's how it works. Where you create a character is you pick a class, and some examples of that are rogue. You've got cleric, wizard, fighter, rangers, druids. We've got um, Pathfinder Quell Rule. Got a bunch of Pathfinder stuff. Well, the thing is, what I wanted to do was kind of go through um, sort of how to get into Pathfinder. Um, And I think one of the first things that that needs to be said is that I wouldn't describe you, Nick, or you, James, as massively into fantasy, but you both really, really enjoyed Pathfinder. In fact, you, James, were playing it before. We even joined up with our current group. Yeah, before we knew, well, before I knew Nick and Ryan, um, yeah, we were playing Pathfinder for quite a long time. I oh, was playing Roll Twenty, right? Yeah, yeah we did. I yeah. know you discussed it uh, previously. Last um, 
But it was it was awesome. It was Harrison was the DM, as spoken about in the last podcast. He had a lot of uh, time that he used at, at work to create some of the amazing maps that he, you know, put together with like the. Yeah, man, I hope you don't mind me keep pumping them pictures out on uh, on all the media avenues. Oh, no, that's <laughs> I just fine. really like it, man. That's cool. But yeah, I did. I, I drew a lot of those maps at, at work, and I, I, we, yeah, we played Pathfinder. It just it was just me, you, and my brother, and I yeah. was DMing and. It was really convenient because, like, at the time, we were we were really quite busy. Sean lived in Croydon at the time as well. Wait. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. so Good it boy. was it was um, quite a fair distance for him to travel you know for us to meet up so like we just this. played over the internet and it, yeah it was awesome it was it was really good really convenient and uh it's it still i still have so many fond memories of uh, yeah, that campaign that was, what i wanted to do with that campaign is i didn't want it to be a typical fantasy setting i didn't want it to be based around the acquisition of an item nor did i want it to be political like game of thrones what i wanted to do is have an adventure that didn't feel typical so the whole plot of the game was that you two were imprisoned on an island where they sent criminals, but criminals, criminals, <laughs> and you were you were imprisoned wrongly because they were trying to not frame you for a crime, but they were trying to get out of finding the real killer because it was easier for the police force, basically. Yeah. So they just picked two random guys and sent them off to this prison island. Yep. And while they were there, there was a war going on between some clerics who believed that they were the only ones that were sent there incorrectly, and the wizards who hated the clerics for that very reason, because mm. they saw everyone as um, as criminals on the island. So there was this huge war going on, and you were basically caught up right back smack bang in the middle and were um, basically having to deal with both sides and constantly talking to them and stuff. Yeah, so I was an elf, and what sure... Was your name? Um, I had no surname. My name was simply Asaurus. And he was an Asaurus. elf. No, no. Asaurus. Oh. He was, he was an elf that was like a massive... Um, I, I want to say ladies' man, but he, he wasn't really because he never really had much success, but he was... A bit like Randy Dixon. Randy Dixon! He was, like a, he was a bit of a pervert. Like he, he, yeah, exactly, like Randy Dixon. Exactly, but he was more like... Asaurus was always trying to chat up the ladies. And like, I remember yeah, but like, I like to think that I did it in quite a sophisticated way rather than, <laughs> rather than Randy Dixon and his, like, you know, obtuse, disgusting, vile ways that he does it. Yeah. Ah, hey, baby, you want to... Yeah, it was more like... Did you have class, did you? Yeah. Yeah, and for more details on Randy Dixon, listen to the last episode. Yes, absolutely. But, um, yeah, I remember there was a point where you you were trying to get into, like, the Cleric's Grove, where they were creating this giant boat they were going to use to escape, (laughs) and you were trying to get in there, and you were just going up to the woman, and you were like... um, yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say to her, like, do you want to go on a date? And like, you suddenly got all shy. And it like a real but like, yeah, that was cracking. But that, that's the point that I wanted to make was that Pathfinder doesn't need to be your typical fantasy. No. If you're not into fantasy, fucking play it. Or high fantasy. Isn't you it? can you can have horror fantasy. Yeah. You can have investigation shit in here. You can have police force shit. You can do whatever the fuck you want within this. It just needs to be a setting where it's medieval with magic. It doesn't necessarily mean you're railroaded into one genre. Mm-hmm. You are railroaded into a setting, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be one genre. <laughs> can't make an omelette without killing a few kids. And we started with the Pathfinder beginner box. 
which is another box, eh? Very similar to the red box D and D, but this He's is not being given away. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> I'm keeping this forever. But um, in here, so, another yeah. battle map. It's yeah. got a. Okay, so this is more of a cardboard one, isn't it's it? It's like laminated. Oh, no, it's like a lot. extra thick. Super tough. I suppose you can draw on this with a dry wipe. You can. Yeah. You can. Wicked. That's the cool thing about it. It's... You can draw on it. And, and oh, I've heard about Paizo's flip maps before, and apparently they are brilliant. Um, well, this is amazing. I mean, so on, on that's one really end, cool. on yeah. one side, it has a preset dungeon type area. Um, all there, and on the other side, it's sort of a sand colour, gridded, completely empty. So I'm your own imagination. It. Yeah, put whatever you want on that. That is fucking cool, man. I like that. And then you've got um, the two books as well. You've got the. Uh, you what, these two, like a few books that I came with, were really. I still use them. Yeah. I still use them because they they have uh, really good like quick reference guides. Yeah, early uh, quick reference guides for rules, and they've got good monsters in there. You've got a hero's handbook, a game master's guide, and a transition guide. And and what a lot of these like um, uh, boxes sort of have like a pamphlet in it. These would are more like magazine type quality. Yeah, they're. Wait a second. I'll just tell you this. Like a sticker album back in the day, isn't it? Do you remember when you used to get yeah, like uh, so the. Hero's Handbook has on it in there. Yeah, it's nice. about 63 pages in it, and like a textbook. the Game Master's Guide has 96, so that's how thin they are, but yeah, that's nice. they're really say. comprehensive, and the way that they do the sort of quick start, and they give you kind of like default levels and stuff, and, and really, really quick and intuitive um, character creation process... And um, they are done really, really well in these two magazine-type books. Yeah, because like in in uh, when you get to the full game, uh, when you level up, say for instance you're a spellcaster, it will say to you pick any ninth-level spell or whatever, right? Yeah. Whereas in that book, it will just like it still gives you choices, but it will mill it down to a couple just to make it nice and easy and quick, so that yeah, you're not too of the, confounded by like, it. Say easier ones and sort of things that people may be more sought after. Obviously, there's loads more to choose from. But this just makes it a lot easier, especially. I mean, you could you could do a Pathfinder one shot, and this is perfect for. Yeah, actually, yeah, you could get one shots so in Pathfinder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if you were using this box, you mm -hmm. could roll up a character within fifteen minutes. Oh, nice. But um, so character creation is pretty straightforward. Then. The last yeah. book is the transition guide, yes. and I'll skim over that really quickly because all it is is if you played the previous edition, which is D and D three point five. Mm. This book shows you how to transition your character and, and oh, some nice. other stuff into this game. Uh, Harry, uh, sorry, has Pathfinder got anything to do with D&D? Well, pre basically, the, the very short history of it is is that the D20 system is an open system that's allowed to be used by anyone. And that's so the device that's used, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's basically the, the entire way the system works. Mm -hmm. And that... Um, it's not owned by Dungeons and Dragons or Wizards of the Coast who own D&D um, so Pathfinder decided to make their own version of D&D 3.5 because that's arguably the best version of D&D &D, yeah. except they fixed all the shit and so Pathfinder is basically D&D 3.75 and they did a fucking good job uh, oh. they did a stellar yeah, job I mean, it's, amazing. It's, it's one of our favourite games and the last thing that you have in the box are these counters so yeah. these oh, they're better than the last ones so these counters are... are cardboard either side of them has like figure flats it's the same thing yeah. yeah so it's it's like a really really thick robust cardboard and you and stand it up on a little plastic and stand and it's got a circular plastic stand nice. so you can actually you know and uh, you've got utterly fuck loads of these there's oh like, man yeah and they all come in the box yeah every wow. single one there's absolutely bundles there you 
little pink, nice little pink box is full. Of yeah, tokens. You can't see that. That's bad. That's really bad radio. Yeah, it is. But never mind. Never mind. Well, the, the thing is, like, I got into this RPG. I had a DM guide. I had a player guide. I had all these minis. I had a battle map, and I had all of that for like twenty quid. Really? Yeah. Seriously, this box was twenty quid, That's and they really must be losing money on this because the amount of stuff you get in there is just amazing. Well, I think I can't remember the last time I saw it, but they are no longer twenty pounds. I don't think. No, they. I, I'm certain they were losing money on these. Yeah. Um, oh, so I mean, I got the um, the core rule book. Yeah. Core rule rule book, and Which I is a wedge saw of a book, I must say. it's it's, huge, it's yeah. massive, and I've I've got that. It's the first actual um, tabletop RPG like thing that I own other than dice like mm. the first actual rule book of, of any one I mm. got the Pathfinder version I picked it up for a very reasonable price um, it was 25 quid at the time yeah so already on the back of this uh, of Harrison's copy and I think obviously mine as well it's got forty nine ninety nine dollars that's his oh, RRP but you know we got it for 25 quid yeah we got ours really cheap and I've actually seen them at a, a much more uplifted price yeah the thing is about this book though one of the things that makes the core rule book so great is that there's not a single wasted sentence in it and it not only and the artwork is awesome the artwork yeah is I was going to say the artwork's really good actually I wanted to talk about the artwork real quickly because you'll notice have a look on these this box here right and here on so he's on, currently pointing at the on the DM Pathfinder role playing game beginner box, and, and I'm holding up the DM screen. On the on the DM screen, you have all these characters, same characters that are on here, same ones that are on here, yeah. and I've also got with me the Pathfinder comic books, which oh, we'll wow. talk about in a bit. But these it, they all contain the same characters. So while other RPG books contain generic artwork throughout, yeah. the the ones in the core rulebook for Pathfinder contain the same characters over and over again, and it's it's a different little snapshots during their during their quests. Yeah, it, it, don't they actually give you um, a gives it really good continuity? It gives you presets. Yeah, all well. the presets are these characters. Yeah, nice. so, so not only can you have like a, a preset rogue that you can give out, so it's a rogue that has a preset personality as well, so you can get right into roleplaying right. straight away. It was quite clever because they wanted to have these like archetypical characters, which is why they released comic books as well. And um, yeah, like the the comic books are, you know, surprisingly, I've read some of the tie-in shit for for D and D, and it is fucking abysmal. Like I read Dragon Lance and shit. What's that? Oh, mate, I don't even. I could fucking talk for dra about Dragon Lance for days, but it's basically about wizards, and some are evil and some are good. And they, the way that you know if they're good or evil is by the colour of robe they wear. For some reason, nobody's ever thought of just wearing a different coloured robe. But anyway, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> um, the, okay, so yeah, I've got the comic books here, and surprisingly, these are not shit, right? So well, James, just open that one up wait, and take a so look. So firstly, at what I want to comment on these books is. They appear to be... When you say comic book, it's not a comic book, is no, it? No, it's like, it was a graphic novel, isn't it? So it's hardback. This is, this is hardback. The design and everything mm. is similar to the really, really thick core rule book. They're really nice and weighty, and they, they look amazing. Again, like we said, the characters are the same. Um, take, a, take a look. Just flip to a random page and look at the artwork. Fucking hell. Okay, so this is a fully colour. Um... The each page is, you know, that shiny gloss that it's got on it. The detail is ridiculous. I mean, I'm looking at a, uh, I don't know what it is. Oh, it's a guy's face, and it looks really weird and sort of. Oh, it's been mashed up, yeah. And it is bloody as fuck. It's been tuned up. What do you think, Nick? 
It's lovely, yeah, really, really good. It's I mean, the quality is oh, great. Awesome. And the artwork is, um, that, believe it or not, incredible. That um, there's a character in it that reminds me of Sean's. Oh yeah, Sean. Yeah. Sean had a dwarf called Harry. Yeah, the dwarf in this guy, he's a uh, ranger and he's a tracker and he's such a cool character. And surprisingly, these the stories in here aren't shit. It doesn't feel like a time product. I know before Ryan even played Pathfinder, I've he just really, seen some side boob. Really? Yeah, because they. Well, how did how did he come across it then? Um, he found it at Forbidden Planet. Side boob. There's some side boob. Nick has found. Oh great! Of course, Nick. Would have oh yeah, there found is that. a lesbian love storyline in there. Oh perfect, which is good. But um. Oh wow! So I've just realised that the, the one really really cool thing about these comic books. Flip to the back pages and have a look at like the last few pages because you you two are going to like this. I think you've got the campaign settings, so you can play through oh, the yeah. adventures that you just played through in the comic. Oh, what you've read. You get play. Yeah, no. right here. That's what you're reading. Complete with unique monsters that aren't in any of the other books. It even gives you the right, battle maps. Uh, I know a battle maps. map. Like yeah, a, and there's a battle map at the back that I'm looking like at. That doubles up as a poster. Yes, yeah, it's so a really, see. really nice, high quality product. I must say. I know it's it's just so good. If you're a fan of the RPG, it's or even if you just like comic books, man. I mean, yeah, this genuinely, is, this I mean, is ticking all the boxes for just like I like graphic novels as much as, as you guys do, and this is just looks like a decent. And the stories are great. Man. They're great characters. Really nice. The settings are brilliant. So basically, that's <laughs> that's all the Pathfinder products. Like you can tell I'm a bit of a fanboy, but big time. Yeah, but Pathfinder is awesome. There's yeah, one but then thing... look at my pile of Savage World, World stuff. You know what I mean? If you like something, you oh, yeah, buy it. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, it's, it's it's nice that because we all game as a group, we don't need to in, we don't need to all individually go out and buy the same shit. Like I get, I, I the Savage Worlds stuff's covered by me. So if anyone ever wants to run a Savage Worlds campaign, I've got the stuff that would just lend and vice versa. Yeah. That's what we do. The girls and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the beauty of having a, t- a group that sticks together and uh, you keep playing with. It. It's lovely because then you've got yeah, we all share the, share our uh, share our shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> share your shit, mate. Watch your thunderbolt. Uh, Three thousand in the critical. Thunder, dark out critical. Thunder, thunder. Thy arts are slain. What I wanted to talk to you guys about, just to wrap up the main segment, right, is that um, magic, basically. Because... I don't know. Magic, you used it. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Omen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, in, in Pathfinder, you played... Luckily, you converted Actually, me. you've never been a magic user. I've never been a full-on magic user, no. I have did, used I magic. Did magic. Did a bit of magic. Part of the tricks. That was one of James's... James was a uh, half-orc rogue called Jazor. A main character, yeah. Jazor's being solved. You've never played, like, a main no. magic user. No, I haven't. Neither of you, but... What... I like about magic, right? Even if you're not into fantasy, is that it alters the gameplay. Yeah, well, I mean, take this for instance. My guy, he was not a magic guy, but I got to a level where I he could. Was a green guy. I could choose this uh, minor magic. You could do like. Ability. Was it level zero spells? <laughs> yeah, I could do level zero spells. And there are. There was a big chunk to choose from. It was level awesome. zero spells to explain are basically utility spells. Yeah. They can't really hurt anyone or do anything. But magical. they're really useful if there's, you there's think one, about them. One that you used all the time called Whisper. Ghost Voice, I think it was called. Something to do no, no, it was something like Throw Voice or something like that. And you could basically whisper in someone's ear. Yeah, so, so I remember there was away. a point where you guys were in a fight with, with um, two other guys and you wanted to distract them. And James just whispered in his ear from afar so it sounded like he was being spoken to his like, side. No, no, he just went, cunt. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I fucked him up. <laughs> and okay. he was like, what? And then you guys just went in. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually, I've highlighted a few things in the core rulebook here because, like, I just wanted to highlight a couple of spells and how they, how greatly they alter the course of, of gameplay and stuff versus a non-magic campaign like Cthulhu or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I've I've basically I've gone into the bard spells and bards are basically 
they they sing to do hey, magic. Play a bard, right? It, not really. No, that's what I've heard. No, I, well maybe, <laughs> but I think a lot of people if they want to do a comedy character want to play a bard so they can whip out a flute and start fucking. Do we do A bit like fucking Ernest. Yeah. But like, I'm just going to pick a spell at random hey, here. So, um, <laughs> for instance, this is a third level bard spell that you can get. Right, you gain plus twenty bonus on bluff checks, and your lies can escape magical discernment. So plus twenty. Yes. Explain that. That basically means that you become the best liar on yeah, the planet. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Because you're, it's on a, a D20 based system. And the amount that that changes, man, that is yeah. unless you're unless you're against somebody that's got an unbelievable intelligence score. You, they, they're not going to detect your mind. Yeah. They'll think it's 20 is the highest roll that you can get in all the checks because you roll a d20 to determine whether or not you can do it. So if you get a plus 20 with this spell, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's no, an automatic... You can basically guard your hands. hands. Yeah. yeah. It's an automatic success. By the way, I'm a woman. It's, oh, not, yeah. an, it's not an automatic... <laughs> it's not an automatic crit because you haven't rolled it, yet it is always an automatic success because it's so Pretty high. much, pretty much. I mean, some of the most difficult things to do would be to be a 25. Yeah. And you'd have a high chance of doing that. Yeah. Um, next up, I, I, I bookmarked the cleric spells <clears throat> because I wanted to talk about... Remember Colin, for instance, later on... You spoke about old... Uh, Big Colin! He had two spells, right, which changed the way fundamentally oh, we played the game. So, wait. The first one was... Um, I forget what it was called, actually. I can't find it here. Um, but he was able to regenerate fallen allies and bring them back to life. Oh, shit, As long yeah. as he had their corpse and it was within an hour. That's yeah. right, yeah. So... so Basically, if I died, within an hour in the game, if he came over to me, my actual corpse... Caressed your body. Now and you did this spell. Yeah, but now I know what the listeners might be thinking is, oh, that sounds too fucking easy. Well, no, no, actually, it came up with a lot of really cool situations because it meant that often two characters would die and he'd have to pick which one Shit, to resurrect. Yeah, and he didn't Because he'd only get yeah, one of these spells that's a That's right, yeah. And, and that meant that he... Who he, will I save? Yeah, and that, that was fucking awesome. Second was travel planes. Travel many planes! Which is what Ryan kept saying. Travel many planes! Ryan, Ryan Ryan's, Ryan's awful for learning his own spells, isn't he? We used he to kept that, forgetting so. he had yeah. spells and shit, but oh. he had travel travel planes, so he could just blink to another plane of existence if he so wanted to. Yep. So it meant that it, it removed some quite fundamental risks, but specifically from him. And, I, and it meant that like later on in the game, like enemies were targeting him because they knew he was a cleric, and they knew that he um, could do this shit and they knew that if they had wanted any chance of taking out the team... They've got to take Claret now. Exactly. So they, they'd, be, they'd be sort of like thinking tactics around him and that, that makes for some interesting gameplay. But one of the cool things is that in Pathfinder, if you want to do a spell, you have to be able to speak. So your character has to be able to speak. Because mm. they, they have to say the spell. That's right. So yeah. um, if you've had your tongue cut out, if your mouth is stuffed, you won't be able to do magic, yep. right? And the funny thing is, is that after a while, do you remember that people, like non-magic characters also have moves that have names. For instance, um, Rex had Stunning Fist. Mm-hmm. But you they don't need to say the name, they can just do it because yeah. it's not magic. Yeah. But everyone just started saying it anyway. So do you remember like... <laughs> like a special move. Yeah, it? like it was like a fighting game where yeah. everyone's announcing what they were saying. Stunning Fist! You'd be like, Stunning Fist! And do you remember <laughs> there was that shopkeeper that was like, give change! Oh yeah! <laughs> My name's Adam Rickman and I'm Jen... No, wait. My name's also Alan Rickman. No, I'm... I'm, no, Alan. I'm no, no, I'm the real Alan Rickman. No, wait, I'm Alan Rickman. <laughs> but I'm not... No, wait. No, what? No, I'm Alan Rickman. No, shush. I'm... La- tabletop twats.
Just that, no, just that. The song was fucking awful. No, that lot, not, no, just, just that part of the chorus. Well, well, West. You are listening to Wild West Cast, <laughs> where we talk about the shit film that is the Wild West. So have we fully, oh, not fully, but have we, do you think we've sparked people's imaginations to go and play Pathfinder now? I fucking hope so. Can they come play with you? Uh, no, but um, <laughs> they can fuck right off and go play somewhere else, motherfuckers. No, um, but seriously, yeah, play Pathfinder. It is such great fun, and even if you're not into fantasy, you will get so, so much out of this, and it is an amazing system. It's- Challenge bit. Challenge time. Challenger's hand! <laughs> okay, James, that's too loud. Do it a bit, a bit quieter. Challenger's hand. I've got a challenge for both of you. <laughs> okay. Both Nick and Harrison. Uh, it's a shotgun campaign challenge. You're going to have to say that in English, mate. Uh, it's a shotgun campaign challenge. Okay, so what do we have to do? Right, so I've got a D10 out, and basically you roll twice. Uh, obviously, one will determine an objective, the other one will determine a noun. And from that, you need to instantly make up a campaign based around the two words that you roll. Shit, okay. So then you, what, and then you'll judge which one I'll judge the winner, the winner yeah. All right. If whoever roll. I decide wins, wins. So, yeah, okay, yeah. roll to see who goes first. Okay, so whoever gets the higher goes first. Yep. Okay. Right, Harrison eight. rolled eight. an eight. Eight. Oh! oh crit. Crit. <laughs> oh, that's a crit, mate. You, right. better, you better do a crit. Right, the criticals. Right, so Nick is up first. So, Nick, could you please pick up the dice again? Yes. Please, can you uh, roll it? Okay. Five. That is five. Okay. Next roll. I will tell you both <laughs> words after the second roll. All right, yeah, roll. Cool. And that's a five, five and three. three. Okay, so the two words you have are finishing and chair. <laughs> finishing chair. Yes, in in sequence, finishing chair. I think I'm going to win this one. Okay, so um, and I have to what, start a campaign. About? Make a campaign about. Make up a campaign setting. Okay, yep. so finishing chair. Uh, a role playing game. It's set in, uh, I don't know, Germany, and you're a carpenter, and you're working towards this great fucking chair that can finish your career. And How great a chair, though? It's, I mean, it's so great that you will be able to, uh, I don't know... You would weep when you see the you'd chair. You'd weep when you see this chair. Only a king would sit on it, and then you'll be made for life, and that's the final chair, and that's what is the finishing chair. Oh, yeah, okay. Wait, 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 wait. So you're... It sounds it, like a Is this like World War Two Germany, then? Because it doesn't sound particularly hard. You just work on the chair, finish it, done. Well, no, wait, so, he's, wait uh, a second. He's, yeah, when he gets you're the charts. Wait, you, wait, you need to make a campaign setting. So the <laughs> setting, there's going to be five, say, for instance, three characters come into this. Yeah, all the what characters are they going to ha- do? No, no, Watch him the, make this chair. They've got to get wood, haven't they? No. All, the- <laughs> <laughs> no, all right, so they come no, in as... There's no wood about. So, so, so only, one guy, <laughs> only one guy gets to be the carpenter, and all the other guys have to be wood gatherers. They're basically NPCs. They can be any kind of... Yeah, but then they get attacked by, like, the wood chair mafia and that's then Pinocchio comes out of nowhere I was just going to say he's a boss he's an end level boss isn't he what's his chair back even uses nose to make the last bit of chair that's how shit I wouldn't play that game I think I could beat that alright okay come on finishing chair finishing chair well done Nick fucking hell right Harrison rolled a three Uh 
And a six. <laughs> oh, oh. I don't know what it is. These two actually go quite well. I oh, reckon they might. Yes. Uh, fishing. Yes. Axe. Okay, so. Fishing axe. Oh, there nice. is a child <laughs> whose sister comes down with a curious malady, and basically in this universe, um, there is a legendary fish that is shaped like an axe, and <laughs> they need the steel that comes from the beak of this hideous fish, and in order to, they need to get that in order to operate on this woman. And the campaign setting basically is that all of the party are involved in this world where fishing is like the national sport and they have to fish their way to the top to try and get the correct pass to get to the lake where the axe fish lives. Nice. Oh, wow. That's good. I've nailed it. Uh, Follow that. That's fun. I reckon... Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Winner's in. I have to say, yes, it was Harrison. <laughs> Not finishing I like finishing chair, man. We'll do a finishing chair. I do like the finishing chair. It's a bleak game. You've got to really like... It's You've got to get into the real emotions, chair mentality. Yeah, you've got to get right into like the grains and woods and all the notches that go in them. Exactly. You roll a 20, you only got beach. My name's also Alan Rickman. No, I'm... I'm no, I'm, no, no. I'm the real Alan Rickman. No, wait, I'm Alan Rickman. So the next challenge... Yes. ...is... I actually gave Nick this challenge in advance of the podcast because I asked you to find... The weirdest RPG you could on the net. On yeah. the net. On, on, the, on the net. On the net. On the net. I challenge you to find the weirdest game on the net. Alright. On the net. What are you doing? <laughs> right, so. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Murdered. Well, do you know what? I started looking into it and it's. Um, on the net? On the interweb. Right. Into computer. Yeah. I started looking into it. I found some crackers, to be fair. They're, yeah, they're, they're, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to talk about. First of all, I want to talk about lasers and feelings. I've uh, seen this. The the yeah the name the name's brilliant. It's um it's a one shot, and uh, it's basically a sci fi game. And it's uh, one page rule book. It's isn't a it? one page rule book. It's brilliant. I've got it in front one of me. One A four page. I've rule printed book. it off in front of me. I'll read the little bit at the beginning. Uh, You are the crew crew of the interstellar scout ship uh, Raptor. Your mission is to explore uncharted regions of space, deal with aliens both friendly and deadly, and defend the consortium worlds against space dangers. Captain Darcy has been overcome by a strange psychic entity known as something else, leaving you to fend for yourself uh, while he recovers in a medical pod. So that's that's the story. Well, I I read about this a little bit, and I think one of the really cool things is, is that you roll up a character that's just like a couple of traits right and then you role play it like that but you also you, there's something else don't you roll to see what that is so you can play this multiple times and the thing that's like fucked up the captain will change every time you play it yeah exactly. so is there a preset something else as well then no, it's, you always have to roll on the table. So I think it's, it's yes, there, it's isn't it? So it's, it's create a space adventure. R- uh, roll or choose from the tables below. So we could do it right now. So it's a d6. Uh, let's go for the first one, right? A threat. Alright, so we've got six, which is uh, alien brain worms. So that's our threat we've got to deal with. So, oh, anyway. so that's the something else. And then you roll, roll the next thing. Uh, like... One to two. Number two. Uh, steal or capture. Uh, and then we've got the. Number three. Number three, Star Dreadnought, uh, which will. Number four. Number four, Star 
A war slash invasion. Okay, so cool. So we've got um, we've got bra- what's that? So alien brainworms want to steal uh, steal uh, the star dreadnought to start a war, basically. So 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 so, so you so it's like parasitic brainworms are controlling people that are trying to steal uh, a, a death ray, if you like, or some super weapon to start a war. So as it's as easy as that. So cool, man. Um, well, really quick. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. It's cool. So then, uh, so you choose the style of player. So you could be an alien, uh, you could be an alien and android. You could be dangerous, a hot shot. You could be intrepid, savvy, or sexy. That's uh, quite. Uh, I can that's, be all those things. Yeah. That's, yeah, I am all those things. Uh, um, so you choose a role for your character. You could be a doctor, envoy, engineer, explorer, pilot, scientist, or soldier. I really appreciate the the elegance of that system. Um, I like the fact that it's one page rule book, right? And already, it's already got tons of depth into it. Yeah, like. yeah I love that, man. <laughs> so do you want to know why it's called Lasers and Feelings? Go oh, on. yeah, go on. Right, so basically, um, if you... So when you're rolling up a character, uh, you just... All right, so let's do this now. So choose, uh, choose your number from two to five. A higher number means you're better at lasers, which is technology, science, uh, cold rationality, calm, precise, uh, and precise action. Right. Uh, and if you're a lower number, that means you're better at feelings, which is intuition, <laughs> diplomacy, seduction, wild oh, passion, or action. That's so cool. Um, you, so you roll the dice. So when you, you basically roll to see what type of being you are, yeah. whether you're better at lasers and feelings. Yeah, whether you're more science or whether you're more emotional. So I really want to, just want to get to one bit. So if you roll your number, yeah. you get laser feelings. And what that means is <laughs> that you can ask the... Uh, if you roll your number exactly, you have laser feelings. Uh, you get a special insight into what's going on. Ask the GM questions and they have to answer you honestly. Oh, wow. So you can ask them So anything. you just get, like, and, and you, you're able to, like, intuit events that are yeah, about to happen. Yeah, so you can say, what are, what are they really feeling? Who's behind this? And, you know, you can get some direct answers to what's going on. So if you've got laser feelings, you could just say to the TM, like... You know, what would be the best way to kill this guy? Yeah. Or what's, the, what's the where brain, is it? What's the brain? Yeah, yeah. Where where is actually the thing? That brain works. So you could be like having a discussion with a guy, like, and you could be like, "Where's the trigger?" or whatever. Where is it? And then they'd be like, "Yeah, I'm not going to tell you." And then you, 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 you roll laser feelings. Yeah. And yeah. Then you just you ask the DM. So it, that would mean like in the game, you just bugger off halfway through, and you're like, "Guys, I think I know where it is." <laughs> yeah. This guy. We're yeah. going. So lasers and feelings is by John Harper, and uh, he's at one seven at gmail.com and one seven designcom So that's where we got it. Well done, um, John Harper. Yeah, well done. Thanks for the laser feelings. I suppose that did you find any others? Or I you did. Kind of no, I found a couple more. So um, there's a couple. There's one I can just touch on really quickly. Okay. Um, it's a bit strange, but we won awards. So uh, won awards. It's just a weird concept, man. I wrote it down. It's uh, it's called My Life with Masters. Anyone ever heard of it? No. No. Okay. Well, this one's by Paul. I'm not even going to be able to pronounce this. Kazagi. C Z E G E. Um, um, I think it's Serge. Serge. Paul Serge. So it's from Paul. It's from Paul Serge. <laughs> and it's my life with Master. So it's. Uh, it, I got the. I picked up the rules for uh, like for free. Obviously, just found it. Um, it's pretty in depth. It's like sixty-six pages. These rules. I didn't read really wow. into depth. What's like the, what the general the... idea is that the GM is the master. And all the players are the slaves. I don't. Anyway, it comes with a warning. It's set in like um, medieval times, I think. And um, yeah, the base, basically, from what I can gather, is the premise is that yeah, the GM uh, is the master, and all the players are just his slaves. He tells them to do so whatever he likes. So the almost like a character. Well, he is his character in the story. That he's the master, yeah. And is uh, it like dark? It sounds dark. It seems pretty dark. I mean, it comes with a warning at the beginning. Um, 
So, a fair warning, dear reader. Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to go into it now, but check it out, man. It looks different, that's for sure. And it looks a bit, a bit weird, but yeah, Sweet. My Life with Masters by Paul Shedge. I can it? talk about one more. Yeah. Um, there's one more called uh, Puppet Town, a storytelling game with strings in the grim world of make believe. So, basically, Puppet Town is that this master puppeteer got fed up with how sad the world was and made a puppet world and then he disappeared all the puppets from the real world into this puppet world where they all live but that sounds mental it's a bit shit because oh yeah and so the puppets can only move for an hour at a time um, so, so I don't know what that means their... I think that's within the so role it's, play. it's almost like Toy Story then yeah you can be any puppet you like any puppet you like Ventriloquist. Um, this is another one. This is from 1995, uh, and this is written by someone called John Tynes. John Tynes. Yeah. Uh, so, John yeah, Tynes. Puppet Land. Uh, yeah, go check that one out as well because that's weird. But again, there's so much here to it. You could see there's there's pages on the rules and stuff. So <laughs> Puppet Land. That's so cool, man. Puppet Land. So try Puppet Land. Try Lasers and Feelings, and try uh, Master. Uh, was it Masters? My life with Masters. My life with Masters. Hey everybody, come gather around the fireside. I got a story to tell you about a time when I beat two goblins and three basilisks all by myself. That's right, I did it with my own two hands and my trusty six-shooter, of course, but that's not the point. Point is, I beat them. I won. Fireside Tales. So this is Fireside Tales, and this is where we regale you with our stories from our RPG experiences. So, first up, James, as the guest. Number one. Number one. Okay, so... Obviously, I'm going to touch on Pathfinder, and specifically in Pathfinder, I'm going to touch on the campaign that me, Harrison, and Sean played on Roll20. And so my guy was a rogue elf named Asaurus. Sean's guy... Not Asaurus. Sean's Sean's guy was a dwarf... What is he, a brawler? Uh, Fighter, yeah. He was a dwarf fighter. His name was Harry. Okay, so <clears throat> we pretty much spent the entire session doing just this. We didn't actually really accomplish anything, but uh, still to this day, it was one of the most entertaining um, sessions I think that we had. It was so much fun, and uh, there was a lot of laughter going on down the down the microphone on the old videos there. Um, Basically, what happened, we got into this... Uh, what kind of building was it? It was just like a... It was almost like a warehouse. Yeah, so we got into this, like, warehouse, and we, we you know, t- took us a while to get in there after all our trials and tribulations coming, leading up to this point. I won't tell you exactly why we're getting there, but we got into this room, and then upon getting into this room, we came across barrels of wine... As soon as we opened it, Sean's character, Harry, just went, I dive right in, gulp, gulp, gulp. <laughs> nice. So that's what he typed. He had an asterisk, gulp, 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 close asterisk. And uh, following that, we basically spent the entire session just getting completely drunk. Um, and then as we, the, as we got more and more drunk, we had to roll constitution to see how much it affected us. And well, I remember there was a point where the two of you started singing dwarf songs. Yeah. And you were just sort of sitting on the ground. We're having the heart-to-hearts and stuff, so... But it was really, really entertaining. And following this, we Quite actually... Well we, yeah, it was, it, was, it was amazing. Following this, in a later session, we brought some of the barrels with us. 
and got drunk on the way. And whilst we were actually interacting in battle and with other people, because our characters were drunk, we took massive hindrances in constitution and therefore hindrances on the roles we had. fucking mess. So it really affected <laughs> us. And I really, really enjoyed it. It was one of my fondest times because, yeah, we literally, as far as the story goes, did absolutely nothing. But we had so much fun playing it out. Drinking out of barrels of blues. Drinking right. out of barrels of blue, blue blues. Blues, barrels of blues. <laughs> My name is Afroshoshé, and when I'm not writing, RPGs about slaves, and me being the master, I'm listening to the tabletop twats. I don't even know what the fuck <laughs> no, that was. Like that. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell the story of Rockford Magnum, or at least the beginning of the story of Rockford Magnum. He was a character in Call of Cthulhu, and he was an ex-private eye turned paranormal investigator. And the first mission that they had, we spoke about this before, but the first mission they had was to go and investigate this guy's cat, who he believed was acting spookily. When it turned out that that was complete bollocks, obviously, they, uh, they, they found out that the butler was possessed with something terrible. And so they went to go and investigate that. Even though that wasn't part of the mission, they went to go and investigate. And what they found is that he dug a huge tunnel under his house. And at the end of this tunnel was a statue that was making him go insane. And he was sitting in front of it, crying his fucking eyes out. <laughs> and he was, he was just bawling and bawling and bawling. And your character and his character and James's character, uh, so, yeah. Roland. Basically, you guys went with Rockford Magnum down there. And you were all gingerly stepping forward, all where to keep rolling sanity. And you were, like, all going nuts. You were oh, crying, yeah. oh, screaming. You guys are falling on the floor, going nuts. And Rockford had a, a bottle of whiskey that he'd nicked from the guy's front room. And he, he was like, uh, I said, right, roll sand anyone. Can I just have a swig of whiskey first? And he, he's like, he's like, okay, no time like the present. And his character just starts swigging the whiskey. And I go, okay, your sanity loss is lessened because, you know, that drug is helping you. And he was like, Fucking hey, yeah, I'm gonna drink more alcohol. So every time he took a step forward, he had another swig. And he was trying to, <laughs> yeah, right. he was trying to stave off the sanity. And he was like, all right, take another swig. And he was walking towards him, and he was so fucked up. He was like halfway down, and he was fucking unable to stand. And he was stumbling towards this guy, and he had to even roll like dexterity just to stay standing up. Yeah. And he was barely able to fucking get over. And he goes over to the guy, and he's like, because the guy's crying and all of this, and they think that's what's making them insane, not the statue. So he goes up, he's he's barely standing up he's succeeding he falls over a couple of times yeah, gets right. back he, up and then he gets right to the end he goes right I want to fucking kick the guy in the head and, <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. and I said okay roll martial arts he rolled a fucking one oh, yeah. and that is the highest possible score that's one out of a hundred yeah. and he rolled a one so he stumbled barely able to stand falling over picking himself back up blabbering like a fucking idiot and then pulled off this unbelievably perfect roundhouse kung fu kick to the head on the guy and knocked him out instantly. That was brilliant, yeah. It was just amazing. Oh my god. Fear. Aus Erinnerung Alan Rickman. Okay, so my fire, uh, my fireside tower is from Pathfinder and we was in um, it was in Dungeonland, um, I think Alice in Wonderland. And um, so we're going through, and we come across the caterpillar, and he's smoking a he's smoking a bong, and he's just like, "Hey man, get out with me!" And he kept blowing his smoke in our face. And anyway, what we was we started to struggle, and we didn't realise at the time was that the actual smoke was uh, interfering with our alignment. Um, yeah, it was like magical smoke that would change your alignment, so yeah, to permanently change the way. So we started to struggle things. big time with him, um, and we didn't know what to do because he just kept doing it and like disappearing or whatever, and started messing with us. So in the end, Jay saw. 
which was James's character, which was a huge uh, half orc, was it? Yeah, like, and he was sort of like a cockney hard man. Yeah, wasn't he? and he was bright green, and he was just yeah, just a big lad. And uh, so he decided to cr- climb up the toadstool. Was it a toadstool? Sure yeah, was. he was sitting on top of like a third mushroom. Mushroom. mushroom yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, so he just climbs up there, does really well with his climb. Grabs, grabs the cat pillar, picks him up, and then at that point the cat pillar's like, no, mummy, no, no, turns out he's just like a fucking annoying teenager, and just launches him off the top of the uh, mushroom, and he just goes flying down and splats on the ground, and that's it. And then he just turns around to the rest of the party and just goes, solved. In the future, you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the electro letter. This is Electro Letters, where we take your electronic mail from the internet on Facebook, Google Plus, and Twitter. Twitter, and we read out your questions and we answer them. So, and it's getting more and more. We get more and more each week. It's brilliant. We're doing really as, well. As a listener and a guest on this podcast today, thank you for having me. Um, I am amazed and astounded at the Google Plus community. So, all those of you listening. From a fellow listener and friend of the tabletop twats, thanks. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, no, thank you. And the support has been incredible. I mean, we just thought that we, you know, we were all, we're all passionate about playing, didn't we? We haven't missed, we never miss a game like every week. Yeah. Every time. The only time we don't meet up is because of scheduling uh, work, basically. Well, no, you did miss one because of your granddad's funeral. Yeah, unfortunately. But I mean, come Which on. Which I thought was I'll a bit out of order. I know, I won't do it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, that's the I'm joking. Man. Sorry, oh, That is spot. That is. Oof. I love it. Go I'll cut that. Uh, yeah, cut out. Um, I might. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go listen to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just keep digging. Right, I'll keep digging. Question. So number one fanboy, Craig Isted, uh, has come in with, uh, you're forced to take part in an MMA fight against each other. You're allowed to bring one weapon um, with you each, but it has to be a piece of gaming hardware or peripheral. Well, so we have to... Okay, so let's say... So it's me and you... No, be all three, three of us. Three-way. It's a fatal three-way. Who was suggesting that, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> no. It, okay, so it's a fatal... Th- it's a sexy three-way between the three of us, right? And we have to bring a gaming peripheral to beat the fuck out of each other. Basically, yeah. I assumed it has to be an RPG one, but realistically, that can only be books and dice. Actually, no. No, Okay, I know. I figured it out. I've got a fucking answer. Go on. I think we should all say our answers at the same time. Okay, that's a good idea. And base our answers off everyone else's. That's a good chat. Okay, all right. One, two, three. Dice tap. Dice tap. Oh, you fucking motherfucker. What did you say? say? I said said a mini. I said dice tower. You stab someone in the eye of a mini. Yeah. I said some some of the minis are not mini. That's true. Uh, Some of the miniatures in other games are You can have one of those giant huge. dragon ones. Yeah, that's right? true. They're proper heavy cast iron with Hedge. genuinely they sharp no, but The thing is, though, the thing is about the dice tower is they're huge and you've, they come with, like, a detachable plate. So, so I'm like, bad, I would use the plate as a shield. You'd swing at me with your dragon statue <laughs> and then I'd smack you with the other bit. Yeah. You'd and be dead, mate, in seconds. And I'd no. jab you with my dice tower as well. So we'd, yeah. we'd be dueling with our dice towers yeah, and like Joe'd be running around with mini trying <laughs> to No, no. Dragon, <laughs> dragon, die! It's not that mini. It's a large mini. All right. um, <laughs> good question, Craig. Yeah, good question. So the next question comes... Hang on, wait a minute. Wait, Nick, you're in charge of the question. On the question, guy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm the geest. What? All right. Look, it doesn't matter. You're Nick asked the questions. Okay, but but the next question comes from James Clark. Thank oh. you, James Clark. All right. The Wait, question. So you? Yes. This question's from you. This question is from me. So um, the question is. Right. Thank you, James. All right, fine. Is have you ever 
as a character or DM cheated a role. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> you fudged. Yeah, fudged the role. Well, know, I mean, fudged the dice. Me personally, no, because I'm not a bad person. James, you personally? I have never done it. And not there a bad been, person. Right, there have been so many times, I'm sure everyone who plays tabletop RPGs, so many times when you really wish you could. But, I really um, wanted to, but I fucking never have. So Nick, cheating like a beast. You ever fudged a roll, fudger? <laughs> Fudgy? <laughs> you want some fudge with that fudge? Um, uh, do you know what? I think I fudged a roll. So could you? Could you apologise? Could you just Sorry. Ex- explain? Why you've done this? I'm just a man walking down the street, and here I come, and I'm looking. Oh, fuck at off! Oh, shut up! What? I'm a fucking northerner. Give us your fucking phone. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell! Oh, you got podcasts on it. <laughs> got any good ones? Well, only tabletop twats. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> All right. Nice. Good question. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, James. Cheers, James. Thank you, James. I forgot it was asked by you then. <laughs> yeah. like a sincere yeah. thank you. We both just turned around and looked at it and went, folks. <laughs> well, thank you, me. And that's a wrap. No, I'm All right, so next up. Okay, right. Next question is from Darren. Again, Darren Banks. Um, I think he asked this question in the first one. So he, Hey, DB. Uh, what's the history of the dice? Why uh, is six sides not enough? Um, when did it for uh, when did it all, okay so start there so well personally I think I think the answer is that with um, more dice there's more possibilities so mm-hmm. if if say for instance you want to roll to climb something or jump over something right if you have a 20 sided dice uh, let's say you only make the roll by one then yeah. you succeed but you succeed badly if you make it by two you know you succeed a little bit better you know whatever mm-hmm. it gives more degrees of success and failure right. and allows for more possibility I think that's literally all there is and another thing is for weapon damage as well so yeah. in the game like a weak weapon you roll a d4 so you you have a possibility of getting a one uh, between a one and a four for that roll and that's the most damage that dice can yeah, do if you you've got a d12 weapon you know you've you've got quite a high possibility to do some good damage so when did it all first start rpgs that is that's d isn't it do you know what i th- i'm fairly certain i'm going to do this from memory but i'm fairly certain it was the 70s mm-hmm. marines but basically what happened was um was that i think they started off with boxes similar to the beginning box that we see now yeah they came with four minis in it and it came with a rule book that was basically a pamphlet that just it was get on with it yeah there's, yeah exactly there was basically no fucking rules and this was Dungeons and Dragons this was D and D yeah D&D. Um, I'm sure there was instances of it before but the mainstream one was was that and that's where it really started when people wanted more rules and it became all about fucking arguing they released advanced Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> for advanced arguments yeah basically <laughs> and that, that was D and D second edition that's basically how. It carried on from there. Um, yeah, that's how it started. I'm fairly certain that's the case. But I do remember one thing that's quite funny. In AD&D... No, not in AD&D. In the original one, in the 70s, I remember the classes, I think... You didn't have class and race, but the classes were... I think it was rogue, wizard, fighting man. Even if you were a woman, you'd okay. be a fighting man. And mm. elf. Fighting man <laughs> and elf. Yeah. So right. And basically, um, one of the reasons the game became so popular in America is that um, copies of um, Advanced D and D were given out to people in the military, specifically people in submarines, because they were stuck down there for ages and they could use their imagination to keep sane, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So and and that that meant that people went home to their families, played good. it with them, and proliferated it. Mm-hmm. Then it got into, into schools and stuff. Yeah. 
So it's pretty interesting. It's spread, yeah. Awesome. And we are now, they got to where we are now. Did you both meet through this or did you know each other before? No, no, we met through this. We met through yes, this. and yeah. I met Nick through this as well. Yeah, which all happened through Ryan, who we've spoken about before. Well, actually, yeah, well, no, basically it was. Really it happened through Harrison. Well, yeah, because you guys met because you met yeah. on the first session, but I met Nick because he was Ryan's friend, but I met him, we, we met up at the pub. Yeah. Sort of like, I was sort of interviewing you to see if he cut it. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, we just talked for ages about fucking Stephen King and comic books, and yeah. then it was just like, all right, cool, That's you're in. Yeah. Right. The thing is, right, ever since we started uh, a campaign with this group of guys, um, with Nick and Ryan, who that this was the reason for meeting, and it's all because of Harrison, Friends for life, yeah, generally. Man. Yeah. Like we haven't. Yeah, we've been like nearly two years. Yeah, down yeah. The line. We've, been going, we've been going now like for ages, and oh, fucking great. You know, yeah, I man. see these guys on a weekly basis, and look yeah. forward to it, don't you? It's yeah. Great. Yeah, can't say the same. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. And the next question from Darren is: um, Do you listen to music while playing? Yes. Yes. yes definitely. We but, do because we um, always like to have something that's setting appropriate, don't yeah. we? So it's more um, music. <laughs> no, but we listen to some pretty cool shit. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff that we, we listen to consistently because it is just pleasing to the ear in the background, but other stuff that is specifically for setting. And there's even times where the DM at the time will literally just be like, either pause that, I need to play this for this yeah, section, yeah. Or, exactly, yeah. or be in full control of the music and at certain intervals... Changed music completely to set exactly what's, what's going happening. on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Okay, next question is a good one. Uh, still, Darren, have um, have you ever had fights over things? I only once. Right? Think, no, 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 yeah. This wasn't in this group, but <laughs> it was with um, it was with Ryan. Yeah. And you, so I've, I've told that story before, yeah. so you just refer to episode one, and yeah. uh, that was the only time I've had a falling out. Oh, oh actually, I no, was just about to say I've one. got another one. Yeah, your one, James. With Re- uh, with with Sean. No, no, you no, had no. Something Sean wanted. No, oh, it was. was it? Um, oh no. Okay, no. Actually, there is another one. I've got two actually. <laughs> go on, go on. Okay, so the first one, right, was where we were playing a campaign that was DM'd by my wife. Right, oh, and James yeah. was just all he very very simple combat maneuver. Millie was being a killer DM. All he wanted to do was stand on a rock to get a better viewpoint in the battlefield. That's it. And Millie <laughs> went, "You can't stand on a rock." And he went, "What do you mean I can't stand on a rock? How fucking tall is this rock?" And then she was like, "No, you can't stand on it." And then James was like, "No, I, I'm, I've climbed the rock. I climbed the rock." And Millie went, "Okay, you climb the rock. There's poisonous moss on it. You are now poisoned." And James was like, "What the fuck?" Poisonous moss. You just made that shit up out of nowhere. And he got really angry. Okay. And then we had to go for a little cigarette break. Second one was um, there was a time it where still pains me. There was a time where um, one of the characters died, Alan, right? Uh, but he had a sniper rifle, which just before he died, he gave to James's character. <laughs> And then, Wait, no, no, and then just, no, listen, no, no. let me finish, man. Yeah, you can tell your version. <laughs> your fake version. It's not a fake version. <laughs> Basically, here's what happened, right? As soon as Alan died, as soon as Alan died, right, everyone was like, oh my fucking God, Alan's dead, oh my God. And then James went, what was his name in that sniper rifle? <laughs> that was all he cared about. No. You know this character died. Ooh, oh, no. No, no. <laughs> Obviously, I was upset about it. The right, what, the gun? <laughs> he was upset he didn't get a gun quicker. Sorry, man. No, I, uh, you guys, man, you're taking it out. Of, uh, 
It's happening now. Don't worry, pumpkin. Um, <laughs> I did do a little scream when my name was said. Oh my god, they said my name. So well, keep listening, mate. We keep going to keep sending the questions in, and we keep saying your name. Yeah. Thanks very much, Darren. 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 Darren Banks. Darren Banks. Oh, the last thing you said actually. One last. Uh, one last thing. Do you take virgins, or is it only seasoned players? We take. Well, we. Have one shot with us. We haven't. Yeah. We we should organise some we're games. Really, Anyone ever, if anyone generally wants to come and play, and we've spoke about one shots before, we're more than happy to sit in a pub for an afternoon, have a few beers, and do one shot. I was on an elevated platform, and plus I get a plus one on my javelin. We also put out a question um, and asked for people's. Uh, favourite character stories that they've done or met along the way that's right yeah and I want to say a massive thank you to um, Jeanette Girard um, she sent us this fucking awesome story that is about her character Magda Summers and we started reading it and it is amazing and actually the quality of writing is so good so we don't want to just summarise it and butcher your story we want to give it the respect it deserves yeah. so um, a couple of days after this podcast I'm going to release a bonus episode where I'm going to do a dramatic reading about this character Magda yeah. and I'll do a little prologue to say how it came into us on that podcast as well but thanks so much for sending that because that is absolutely amazing um, Jeanette also asked a question for us as well so we'll answer that now uh, she says I do have a question about character development in RPGs who should have the greater control of the character development in the game the GM or the player Ooh. I saw this question earlier on in the week and I think right that it's the obvious answer answer is that it's going to be both right mm-hmm. but the main character concept has to be done by you but the DM gives you a set of tools to interact with. I mean, think about it, right? If you, all you've done when you've created a character is created a character, what are they going to do in a blank white space? The, the, the DM's there telling you a story and yeah, you're setting and everything. So it's like it's like our current campaign, right? Is that my character didn't start off being you know a Mad Max type fucking villain, you know? No, no. Like she was influenced by the world, and I thought. What I did is I took on board the ideas that you'd given us and yeah. added them to the character as well. Yeah. I, I made her a reaction to your world as much as a creation by me. As like Ernest, time. Ernest. I mean, even your character, James, you're changing. Um, everyone's yeah. changing, aren't they? Yeah, because we're being affected by this yeah. shit. And it's like, so I think in equal parts, really, you create the character, but the DM's going to give you tools to work with to, to you know, f- deepen that further. You can't just say when you next level up and if you have the option to choose the firearm specialist as, as some, a bonus feature you have, you can't just say, yeah, I just get that. I choose because, that because it's useful. But, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's useful. No, it has to be fitting with your character. So we always make sure that if we are going to get something that's slightly out of the character, we need to make sure that there's a plausible reason for that character to have it and, right. and the development reason. Yeah, so, so, okay, so why would the princess character just suddenly start using guns? The yeah. answer is they wouldn't. So what's the answer to the question <laughs> The answer to the question is, yeah, it is kind of both. Um, it is really, really genuinely both, because yeah. you're, you're being well, given... It's all about collaboration, isn't yeah. it? Thanks, Jeanette. Thank you very much, Jeanette. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned for the bonus. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Uh, next question is from Google+. Plus. Um, this is from Matt Stark. Um, thanks for the question, Matt. Thanks, Stark. Matt. Shout out. And he's gonna, again, there's loads, so it's a big Matt. <laughs> Big Matt. Uh, so, first question: How many twats are at the game table? Five. Five of us. Yeah, five. Twat was your last uh, least favourite game? Least favourite game, Advanced D&D. 
okay. I haven't... Oh, shit, it's hard. You've only played good ones. Dice etiquette. Do you handle each other's jewels? I like um, this. Absolutely not. No, we don't, do we? The last one from Matty is, uh, what dice rolling techniques do you use? Please tell me uh, you don't get super enthusiastic and splash the map and minis. This probably falls under dice etiquette as well. Well, actually, I remember a time where you got really annoyed with the roll, and Nick likes to do this <laughs> technique where if he's rolling three dice at once, he'll roll them one at a time. He, he has a dice cup, and he'll put them in, <laughs> and he'll pull each one out individually. But I'll be shaking it, so yeah, it's yeah. not a cheaty roll. And then, yeah. and then um, Nick, got to he rolled the first two dice realised then that he'd fucked it up and that the last one didn't matter he went oh go away and then he just dashed the dice across the table and, and he went lost flying it. he lost yeah. it for about 15 minutes yeah that was a bit of a paddy yeah um, well James you always do the, the uh, you like a wank roll <laughs> you always do the wank roll yeah I'll hold them down there as if I was doing the action and then release okay next question is from um, pal of the show Eric Lamaru. Um, hi Eric hey Eric hi, big Eric. Big man Eric. Big Eric. Um, right, so he's got. Uh, so he's, he's asked, what kind of props, supplies, etc. do you need to play an RPG? Um, okay, so that, for that. Almost n- n- not that much. We had a few. We had a, a tree, dice. didn't we? We had a metal tree. No, but to actually play one, you just need oh, no, yeah. pen, yeah, paper and dice. Pen, paper and dice. Yeah. And, and imagination. We, yeah, imagination. Exactly, because in the first campaign, I never drew battle maps. I had one singular map that showed yeah. you where you were in the town and everything else I described. We didn't so, use minis, did we? We just used the marker of no, where we was at. Yeah. yeah, and you would just go into a place and I'd say, okay, you can. You go into a pub, it smells like beer. There's a man brushing up a glass behind the counter and I'd just say things like that and yeah. you just go, I walk up to the man or whatever. Yeah. So you don't even need battle maps, really. Most no. of the rule books, including Pathfinder, contain rules of how to play without battle maps. So the Savage Worlds, yeah, there's a thing that you can but use without minis. But what have we used? We have used... Where we print off graph paper and draw the battle maps onto them. Yep. Yeah, see, a lot of that. We, you see the photos on the... We use miniatures, online. which you can buy from various places, but we use... Um, typically metal miniatures, and we use those for battling purposes. Mm-hmm. We use a DM screen, which we mentioned earlier, yeah. which is just a little screen to put in front of the DM to hide his roles and the notes he's making. And I don't know if any of you watch Stranger Things, but you notice that they're playing, uh, and their DM screen is just made out of a bit of cardboard, so it doesn't, yeah. have, to be, it doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be fancy, bought. You so can make it yourself. It's literally just to obscure, box. Yeah, obscure the... DMs um, yeah, area. So the players don't know what's going on. Uh, that's cool. Right, next question from Eric is, uh, what are your favourite snacks and beverages when you play? Beer. Uh, I'd, yeah, if I'm not dri- if I'm driving up, then I'd just... Uh, I'm whatever drinks. everyone else buys. Yeah. I'm <laughs> destitute. It's a lot of snacks, isn't it? <laughs> Please. It's literally, you know, your, your standard snacks, your crisps, your chocolate, your nibbles, your, you know... Your... But you know what, I can actually, I can go a bit more in-depth with this, because on, there, was this, there was a time where... Um, Sean uh, ate his dinner before he came round. Right? Yeah. Sean is one of our group, and he'd eaten his dinner before he came round. Then we got there, and then we had like cookies and biscuits yeah. and crisps and all sorts of shit on the table. He was munching through that hard, and he um, he had loads and loads of it. And then Ryan ordered a pizza in, and because Sean's a vegetarian, he got him his own like personal pizza. And Sean felt rude saying no, so he ate that too. Oh, and no. then, <laughs> When we all went out for a, for a fag, and um, Sean went upstairs quietly on his own, and only like a week later he told me that he went up there to Chunda because he'd eaten too much food. <laughs> no, because he felt rude not to eat Ryan's pizza. Yeah, so he just ate it and then, and then sticked it right. up. Oh, bless him. Brilliant. All right, well, send us some Canadian snacks, please, Eric. That'd be cool, yeah, that'd be great. 
Box tabletop twats. <laughs> yeah, don't actually send it there. No, it doesn't. No, no, that, doesn't that doesn't exist. Doesn't. <laughs> uh, send it okay. to Gmail. Uh, what do you do if you spill your drink over the map? Is it okay to eat someone else's snacks uh, without asking? Well, speaking space? of DM screens, uh, whoopsie! I did actually oh. drop a all over your. So <laughs> okay. DM screens, right? They're, they're, yes, as James said, I you did can buy make... you on your birthday. Good point. But um, DM screens, you can make them, but you can also get official ones. That are, uh, usually. Very rare and expensive. And Nick was <laughs> using my D&D 4th edition one, which I've had for years, and he's built beer on it. He's built a cheap beer all over it. Oh, um, it's so scary. Uh, it's fine, no, we put it on the radio. Yeah, it's well, absolutely with fine. Me now. It's absolutely fine. Um, duh, duh, duh. His last question is, does the uh, does the die roll count if it falls off the table? No. No, no dead, dead roll. roll. Next dead question. Roll. Uh, what about <laughs> cocked against a book? That's the dead roll. That's the dead roll. And that's all the questions from Eric for uh, this one. So, yeah. Cheers, Eric. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Eric. You the man. You the man. Uh, yeah, okay. Cheers for the products. <laughs> Send us some products. Gmail. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you want sweets, Canadian sweets. On Canadian sweets in Savage World. Jamie Pearson from the Wild Diet podcast as well has asked us Shout uh, out. if a boat crash lands in the desert, how many pancakes would it take to make it fly again? 72. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Gary wants some boots. Uh, McCallum has come in again and he's asked Gaza yeah some serious questions about Dicecker more Dicecker I like the uh, I like the topic I like the uh, trending topic uh, this one on this one hashtag hashtag trending Dicecker yeah. get on with a question question number one do you bend over uh, so if you what play, if, sorry <laughs> if you had to play one. a game naked do you bend over do you, <laughs> nearly if you had to play a game naked and a dice rolled off the table do you bend over and pick it up with your butthole facing towards or away from the table? Towards. Always towards. Always towards. You know, they've just got to see into the eye of the beholder. <laughs> Good reference. Very nice. Uh, and number two is, if a person you're playing with bends over naked with the, with the butthole facing the table, <laughs> do you throw the dice hard enough to lodge it in the butthole or bounce it off the cheek? <laughs> well, I, I like dice, so I don't think I'd want to lose one to our Yeah, I think we, we, we're quite cheeky. precious with our dice, yeah. so we'd probably hang on to them. If their dice was there, we might do it to theirs. I imagine Nick will probably cover his dice up yeah. like, 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 like shield them as if they had eyes don't look and lastly uh, on a more comical note what is your <laughs> gaming wish list what? I would absolutely love to own a copy of Shadowrun really but the thing is it's out of print man Shadowrun is oh, like Shadowrun is a um, cyberpunk RPG we looked at it we looked at it, it, it was 70 quid for the book, right? Or you can spend 40 quid and get a PDF from their website, which is a complete joke. I, I mean, I know it's quite a simple wish. I would like that. Yes. And maybe, you know, some of those 3D structures you can get to build maps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, some shit like that. Really, that's really I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to. I, I, so I backed the Kickstarter for the um, 20th anniversary Deadlands um, Kickstarter. So I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on that actually because I don't really know anything about Deadlands but I've just seen a lot of good stuff and it's like... And a really it's, a, it's, a, it's a Western edition. setting in um, Savage Worlds, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But it's a sci-fi it. Western or it's like a paranormal. I'm not too sure so I'm going to get killed for this because I don't know. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm sure Jamie would tell me about Deadlands because it's his favourite thing. But it's, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting that. So, and the other thing I'm really looking forward to is the other Kickstarter that I've backed which is uh, Adventure Location Cards for Fantasy, Modern and Sci-Fi. So I went for the modern ones and what this is is it seems like it's a... Uh, set of cards like a you know a playing playing cards but rather than that well I'll show you look they've got 
They've got these on the back. So it's a little map of a building or, or some oh, kind nice. of thing, and it will give you little points about the building. So if you're a bit stuck for, um, you know, if you're just walking down a thing, a street in your game, and you want to throw something at them, you can just oh, pull yeah. something out, and it'll give you like a map, of, a small map of a warehouse, and then on the back of the card, it'll give you certain points about it. It'll give you flavour for like, you know, if you go into this warehouse. I like that. That's my gaming wish list. Yeah. What? You, what, you, what do you want to get your hands on? But I would like to. I reckon, yeah, Pathfinder specifically is to get get the the beginners box and to also get get a collection of minis. Did he? Oh, so long that does it. There's a minute more minis. More minis, but really intricate ones. Ones are actually custom minis. Tabletop twats! Don't do that, that's annoying to listen to. <laughs> well, you're stuck with it. <laughs> so that was yet another episode. Episode three. So Nick, let's say for instance you, you think those guys sound great. I want to get in touch with them and talk to them a lot. What do? I'll tell you what do. Uh, you can email us at, as always, tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter which is at Tabletop Twats yep uh, you can also get us you can uh, hit us up on Facebook which forward is slash Tabletop T Tabletop T yeah because we can't have Twats on there and lastly but not leastly the good old Google Plus talk to us on there um, everyone's great there anyway as always we spoke about before and as a gentle reminder at the end as the podcast listeners you are the first people to know about the competition yes so go to tinyurl.com forward slash TTT comp and colour in that picture and send it to us on one of the various methods that we've already said within two weeks and you will have the chance to win the red box the mini the amazing set of dice and my own dice his own dice they are beautiful and thank you for listening everyone um, we need something sort of funny to end the episode on yeah alright uh, so that's everything from us uh, from this episode we seem to be chatting out pretty fucking quick at the moment so that's good and oh, that's not really your best joke. No. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> Don't know what to say. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I've got a joke. Go on. Uh, there's two people in a bottle. One of them says hi. The other one goes bye. I need that book. And the other one is... That's it from us. It's been emotional. Good night. Yeah, bye. 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 Andy, Andy, you'll, you'll mix something together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs>